From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Well, hey there. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your RV, your taxi, your long-haul truck, your cabin in the woods, off the grid, no doubt. You may be listening in on your crystal radio set, or perhaps you're listening in on our flagships and Zuma Radio here in Toronto, or online at zoomaradio.ca. Maybe you're listening in on one of our affiliates like WRNNFM Hot Talk 99.5 in Myrtle Beach. You may be listening uh, to the uh, podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, TalkZone.com. Or uh, you're listening in on our new app, our brand new app, The Conspiracy Show. It's a free download available at iTunes and Google Play. However and wherever you're listening, welcome one and all. Uh, hey, next week, George Norrie, host of Coast to Coast AM, will be here to answer your questions. And George will be uh, coming to Toronto next month. We'll talk about that. Uh, all things paranormal and conspiratorial. We'll talk about George's new online matchmaking service, ParanormalDate.com. And uh, we'll take your calls as well. That's my good pal, George Norrie, host of Coast to Coast AM next week, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Now, as you're listening uh, to the sound of my voice, an asteroid uh, believed to be carrying, get this, up to 90 million tons of platinum in its core, as well as other rare and precious metals, is swooshing past our planet. A platinum asteroid. Uh, this news has left uh, developers of asteroid mining technologies most intrigued. The platinum-rich asteroid... Uh, officially named 2011 UW-158. Can't they think of more interesting names for these asteroids? Anyway, uh, this one, again, 90 million tons of platinum in its core is 452 meters by 1,011 meters in size. And it will pass Earth at a distance of an estimated 2.4 million kilometers. This is according to the Goldstone Radar Observatory, and it will be 30 times closer to Earth than the closest planet of the solar system, which is relatively close. However, uh, when the asteroid does pass, and it may have already, it, it uh, will be six times further away than the moon's orbit, so it's uh, going to be impossible to see uh, with the naked eye. And if you don't own a telescope, fear not, the SLU Community Observatory is undertaking a project which links powerful telescopes to the Internet for public use, and they'll broadcast images of the mineral-rich asteroid from an observatory in the Canary Islands. How cool is that? 90 million tons of platinum. All right, let's get to it. Now, Regular listeners to The Conspiracy Show are familiar with my fascination with time travel. I absolutely love talking about time travel, reading about it. I've had numerous discussions with theoretical physicists on this program, like my good friend Professor Ronald Mallett at the University of Connecticut, who has devised a theoretical time machine for sending digital information backwards in time. A time travel to the future has already been proven, theoretically, of course. Well, not theoretically. Uh, with the Hafeli uh, Keating experiment, where they used four cesium atomic clocks, 
uh, Haffel and uh, Keating. They, well, Haffel was an astronomer, a physicist, and Keating was an astronomer. They took these four cesium beam atomic clocks aboard commercial airliners, and they flew twi- twice around the world, first eastward, then westward, and then they compared the clocks against others that remained at the U.S. Naval Observatory. And when they were unite- reunited, the three sets of clocks were found to disagree with one another. And their differences were consistent with the predictions of special and general relativity, thus proving time traveled into the future is possible. But we're talking about nanoseconds. However, throw all that away. Because my next guest says that the U.S. government has been conducting time travel and teleportation experiments backwards and forwards in time for nearly half a century. If that sounds crazy, too fantastical to imagine, hold on to your hats because you are in for a wild ride over the next 40 minutes. Andrew Bishago has been identified as the first of two major planetary whistleblowers predicted by ALTA, the WebBot project that analyzes the content of the World Wide Web to discern future trends. Andrew's quest is to lobby the U.S. government to disclose its teleportation secret that so, so that teleportation can be adopted on a global basis to help humanity achieve planetary sustainability in the 21st century. Andrew is also president of Mars Anomaly Research Society, the world's leading research, education, disclosure, and advocacy organization dedicated to fostering the study and protection of the ecology and civilization of Mars. Andrew Bishago, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Do we have Andrew there? I think, oh, I think he just dropped off the line. Now, the first time I met Andrew... Uh, he was staying with a friend up in Olympia, Washington. And uh, my television crew and I, we raced from Los Angeles all the way. We drove all night to get to, uh, to Andrew's place to interview him. That was for season one of our uh, television show, The Conspiracy Show. If you haven't seen that episode on time travel, uh, you'll be sure to uh, want to check that out. Now, if you're in Canada, you can watch it online or on Vision TV, of course across Canada on Vision TV. Uh, it's also available online, the first three seasons, at theconspiracyshow.com, www.theconspiracyshow.com. Again, that was season one. And uh, since then, I think Andrew have, and I have chatted on uh, the radio once or twice, but it's been a while, and we're delighted to have him back. Andrew Bishago, welcome back. How are you, my friend? Good to be back, Richard. I think it's been, what, four years since uh, I had the privilege of being interviewed you by you on uh, on video. Uh, That's right. We did the TV in, show uh, season one wa- in Washington State. That's right. It was four years ago for the TV, and then I think subsequently we had you uh, back on the radio once. But it, it has been too long. So what's going on with the uh, Mars Anomaly Research Society these days? Well, that's never really been my primary function. Mars continues to be the world's leading um, public investigation group focusing on the fact that Mars shows great evidence of once being inhabited and also great evidence that it remains inhabited today. Um, 
I've been focusing for most of these years on my truth campaign regarding time travel. Sure, and Project Pegasus. Project Pegasus. Now, I mentioned um, that the U.S. government or some black ops project within the U.S. government has been involved in teleportation, time travel, I said nearly half a century. Is that accurate? Well, we can say that the effort to do so occurred beginning during the 1960s frame. We don't know how it ended, if, if in fact it ended at all, but I was present um, at the inception of the U.S. government's activities um, in applied quantum physics that was intended to yield a time-space exploration capability, and that was DARPA's private Pegasus, um, which now, Andrew, uh, excuse me, but you're, you're, I'm not sure if you're on a cell phone or a wireless phone, but it is, uh, you're cutting in and out. Uh, I, I think what we're going to have to do is... I was just plugging in. I'm in rural Arizona. Ah, so rural Arizona, okay. There may be intermittent coverage. Um, and uh, that has been the focus of my truth campaign, is the fact that time travel is not... A potentiality. It's a reality that was achieved secretly by the United States government uh, in different ways over 40 years ago, and essentially the effort to do so was a secret twin enterprise of Project Manhattan, which of course was the government program to develop the atomic bomb. Many of the same physicists um, assisted the United States government during the war and later um, in developing and, and how are Manhattan and Pegasus uh, related? Was was the the teleportation time travel kind of an ancillary uh, development once they conducted the uh, the nuclear blasts? Did they discover that they could they could? Well, now we have lost Andrew. All right, he is in rural Arizona, and uh, communication lines are a little tenuous. But uh, Tim Spreen is working feverishly in the other room to try and uh, re-establish contact. Just a reminder, Andrew Bishago is with us. He was the team leader of Project Pegasus, uh, involved in a U.S. government teleportation time travel experiment uh, over 40 years ago. And again, identified as the first of two major planetary whistleblowers predicted by Alta, this is a WebBot project that analyzes the content of uh, the, uh, the World Wide Web to discern future trends. And um, while he is president of the Mars Anomaly Research Society, his main objective or main focus these days is to get the U.S. government to, to disclose its teleportation secret uh, so that it can be adopted on a global basis to help humanity achieve planetary sustainability in the 21st century. Now, while we're waiting for uh, Tim to reestablish comment, uh, contact with Andrew, let me just remind you, uh, again, coming up next week on the program, we have George Norrie of Coast to Coast AM. Yes, one and the same. My good pal George Norrie will be with us next week on the show, and uh, he's coming to Toronto. Uh, this is an event that is um, uh, being presented in part by our good friends Patrick and Kadena at Conspiracy Culture. And uh, if you go to their website, conspiracyculture.com, all the information is there. But George is also bringing to town some heavyweights 
Uh, George is, uh, has uh, Alex Jones, of course, Alex Jones, Nick Pope, uh, and uh, I think there's a few other guests. But uh, Alex and Nick and uh, George will all be taking the stage at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. So, you want to uh, check in with us next week. George will be talking about all things paranormal, conspiratorial. We'll talk about ParanormalDate.com and much more. All right, we will uh, take a quick time out, try and reconnect with Andrew Vachego, and uh, we'll hope for the best right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right. We have uh, lost Andrew Bashago, and uh, he's uh, in rural Arizona. And as we discovered, the uh, the phone connection was not good. Now, we will uh, try and we, – do we have Andrew back? Andrew, are you there? Let's try one more time. We're going to lock him in. Tim is uh, dialing him again. All right. Do we have Andrew? Andrew, are you there? I am. I, I'm in fact, I'm in Cholo, Arizona, and I, I just want you to know, as a professional courtesy, Richard, that I did, um, I did establish this line and, and test it. So it just seems to be um, the floating coverage that was provided by my carrier. But I was, I was good to go. All right. Well, we've we've got you back, Andrew. That that's that's okay. Let's let's um uh because it's been a while since we've had you on, and, and others may not be uh, as familiar with the story. Um, just give us a, a quick overview of of your involvement in Project Pegasus in the nineteen early nineteen seventies. It was brought in as a child participant. Project Pegasus was under DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Project Projects Agency, which whose legislative mandate from the U.S. Congress was. And, and is primarily to prevent military surprise. Our government was concerned following the July 1952 flight of Washington, D.C. and extraterrestrial craft blocked at traveling at 7,000 miles per hour and also seen it disappearing in one location and appearing in another, another location in the sky that our extraterrestrial visitors were in possession of teleportation and apparently we're using time travel uh, to reach our, our solar system and planet from distant star systems. So concern early on during the post-war saucer flight that we should develop a time-space exploration capability. There had been an effort by Nikola Tesla to develop teleportation as early as his famous day in Colorado Springs, Colorado in 1899, my late father, Raymond Despachado, had repeated the teleportation experience. Okay, it's getting a little dicey again. The the line is just simply not cooperating tonight, uh, and we're getting every second or third word. So I don't know. I think we're going to have to going to have to unfortunately cut you loose uh, until we can get you to a a, a, a reliable landline. Uh, let's. Um, I'll get Albert on the uh, on the case, and we'll book you back on later on in August if we can do that. My apologies, uh, Andrew, but the, the the audio quality simply isn't there. And uh, yes, we've definitely definitely lost uh, Andrew. All right. So it's live radio, folks. We pick up and we move on. We lost Andrew Bishago. We will try to get him on at a la- later date. So here's what we're going to do. It's one of those rare opportunities. We're going to open the phone lines. Tim's doing that right now. We are unlocking. The phone lines, and we will do open lines until the top of the hour. 
Let me give you the numbers right now. In the uh, greater Toronto area, 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. And toll free from just about anywhere, one 866 740 Four seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Again, in the Greater Toronto area, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Just about anything goes, keeping in mind, of course, on the program we discuss the paranormal, the conspiratorial, political subterfuge, uh, deep politics, geopolitics. You tell me where you want to take this juggernaut right on through till morning. Now, we can talk about uh, Jade Helm. I'd be very interested to hear from uh, some of our American listeners. What have you, what have you been observing in terms of uh, this Military maneuver in the uh, southwest under the code name Jade Helm 15. Of course, many people very worried uh, that Jade Helm 15 is some sort of precursor to martial law. Uh, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you know regarding Jade Helm 15? All right, we're t- we're we're beginning with uh, whom? Tim. Margaret uh, is in Pickering. Margaret, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? Good. It's about your previous subject about the masonry. Ah, yes. Well, isn't the Queen of England in the Masons? Doesn't she have these rites performed? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. well, the... I thought I saw that in a book sometime, but I can't recall it. Well, I'll certainly look into that. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some, you know, the the, the Windsor family has connections with the mm-hmm. York Rite or the Scottish Rite, probably mm-hmm. the York Rite. Uh, what do you make of uh, these uh, recent uh, photographs that have been published and causing quite a stir in uh, in England in the uh, all the uh, the newspapers there? Uh, yes. Pictures of of a young Queen Elizabeth, uh, her uncle Edward, of course, who would, uh, was king and then abdicated the throne, and the Queen Mum, all learning the Nazi salute in 1933. I guess he thought they were going to win. You thought <laughs> he was preparing in case they were going to win. Yeah. All right, Margaret, I will look nice into that. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, Margaret in Pickering. All right, uh, Peter is checking in from Buffalo. Peter, good morning. Hi, Richard. Great show you have. Uh, I think you got my email a while a while ago saying that um, I, uh, for the longest time, was tempted to send George Norrie an email saying, you've got fierce competition here in the Toronto-Buffalo area. Then, surprise, surprise, you came on the air one night. On Coast to Coast, and said, oh, it's been a while, 10 years since I've hosted the show. So that was really a surprise to me. Ah. It wasn't one. Yes, it was but, actually it was about five years in between shows, and then I started doing a couple of shows a month uh, starting in January of 2014 and still doing them. So, yeah, yeah, I uh, I think you do a great job both on your show and um, Coast to Coast. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, we're looking forward to having George on this program next week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping to talk to him directly. Uh, I will try to call in uh, then. Um, you know, what I called you about is um, a lot of times I hear uh, over the years, uh, many years that I've been listening to uh, shows like yours and George's is um, uh, when you guys talk about um, certain uh, spiritual type things, I guess you could call them, uh, I right away think of a book that I read um, 
quite a while ago called Spiritual Seekers Guidebook, and the uh, subtitle is uh, "And Hidden Threats to Spiritual and Mental Freedom" by Richard Keeninger. I guess is how it's pronounced. Uh, Art Bell uh, interviewed uh, the author um, in September of '99, uh, one time for an hour. Um, just so you know, he, he was a real person. He's since passed away, but um, I was pretty impressed by that book. Um, you know, just um, you know, uh, I'm not just, familiar. I'm not familiar with the book. Well, um, yeah, it's um, you know, he gives uh, quite a few um, cautions about pursuing um, certain uh, uh, you know spiritual, I guess you call them practices. Uh, but basically, he says, you know, the slow um, character development route is like the time-honored way to uh, to achieve these abilities. And, and what abilities in particular are we talking about? Well, things uh, like um, being able to um, see future events. And I guess, you know, when you start to um, uh, develop these and other abilities, uh, it's not like a, a complete on-off switch. It's just a little little bit at a time um, and also um, to detect people's character um, apparently um, I think he only wrote um, about seeing like their aura around them um, things things like that um, it's been a while since I've read it but um, all right so things that we might we might categorize as a psychic ability or ESP yeah right right well um, uh, I, I certainly believe the problem with that is there are so many uh, charlatans out there. Of course. And I would say they probably outnumber uh, <laughs> the authentic individuals that really have this ability. Uh, probably something on the order of a thousand to one. Mm. Uh, and I have met yeah. people that I think are, are gifted uh, this way. Uh, I, I remember um, uh, meeting Russell Targ, uh, who was part of the uh, the Stanford Research Institute study into psychic ability and remote viewing and so forth. And uh, Targ told me that there is more evidence uh, that ESP is real than there is evidence that bare aspirin can cure headaches. I believe it. Uh, and he, he stood by that. Um, um, now, is, is this something that you are pursuing, Peter? You, you're trying to develop your own psychic abilities? Well, just as far as trying to improve my character, which um, unfortunately sometimes I really don't try as hard as I probably should. Um, all right. Okay. Well, I think uh, you could put all, a lot of us in that boat. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Peter, um, great, uh, great hearing from you. Thanks for checking in from Buffalo. Well, hope we. Okay, speak. you're welcome. Hope, Take it easy now. Yeah. Bye. Hope we'll speak again. All right. Who's up, Tim? Andrew is joining us from Denver, the great state of Colorado. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Mr. Serrett. How are you? Oh, uh, we are well. And yourself? I can't complain, sir. That's great. Most people will listen to you. Um, I would like to chat uh, just real quick about uh, the heightened military activity in Denver. Uh, related to Jade Helm 15, or is this a separate issue? Uh, well, it's hard to say. Um, there's just been a lot of uh, military aircraft, uh, F-18s, F-16s flying over. Um, you know, they aren't necessarily painted with J-8 Helm 15 or whatnot, but I've lived here for 35 years, and 
It certainly has happened quite often, um, sometimes multiple times a day. Well, what what would be the, the closest uh, Air Force base to Denver? Uh, there's a Buckley Air Force Base in Buckley, right. Denver okay. City. Right. Okay. Uh, and, uh, of course, Colorado Springs is really big right. with the Army and Air Force. Okay. And so but, uh, you're, you're seeing a lot of flybys. I've noticed uh, a few convoys uh, on the highways, and uh, they're military convoys, and two of them have been carrying uh, big, uh, like, turbine propellers. Turbine propellers? Yeah, quite, quite big. Hmm. And what do you, what do you make of that? What is, what's going on there? You know, um, I'm, I'm as baffled as everybody else. Uh, you know, uh, I, I guess I could only imagine that they maybe set up temporary power stations for their big activities or whatnot. A windmill for, for a generator, to power a yeah, generator. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. Now, we've been hearing a lot of rumor, innuendo, and so forth regarding Jade Helm 15 and, and uh, the suggestion that somehow UN forces might be involved. Have you, ever, have you seen any markings on vehicles that would suggest... Uh, that there is some something substantial to that rumor that the, that the UN is involved. No, no. All the convoys have been clearly marked Army, and they're all in uh, U.S. Uh, outfits, uh, uniforms, and things like that. Uh, all the airplanes are clearly marked. All right, and um, I know that a number of states, including uh, Texas. Uh, the governments in those states have pledged to sort of, you know, keep an eye on uh, these military exercises, uh, hold them to some sort of scrutiny. What's going on in Colorado? Are there groups that are monitoring troop movements? No. Um, officially, I believe Colorado has dropped out of the exercises, and they're only supposed to be a support state. Um, but, of course, we think there's a small group of individuals here that, you know, have kind of taken it upon ourselves just because we're interested. And, you know, obviously we've seen a buildup of uh, other military that aren't normal troop movements. So we can only imagine that they are doing some kind of maneuvers here. And what do you, what do you suspect is going on with Jade Helm 15? Do you fear that there's something sinister going on? Personally, I believe that uh, it's pretty much like they say they're doing, practicing new tactics. Uh, what those are, I'm not exactly sure. That's up to speculation. But I would imagine, you know, in, in, in my little village and what we talk about, you know, things like uh, kidnapping people in the middle of uh, large populated areas and seeing who reacts. And, of course, it'd all be role-playing and all, you know, the kidnapper and the kidnappy are both role-playing. But just to kind of see how observant people are and things like that. Um, you know, there's uh, some of my friends that live out in rural areas are reporting of, you know, large amounts of gunfire that clearly are military. They have no idea where they're coming from. But that's not necessarily unroutine for 
be near a military base. No, I mean, we have uh, something like 1,200 troops uh, involved in Jade Helm 15. Uh, it is a it is a drill. Uh, it's a it's a military exercise. One would expect, you know, to see convoys of military vehicles. One would expect to hear gunfire. Uh, and these these drills do go on uh, year in and year out. Uh, it's interesting why this one in particular has garnered so much negative attention. Andrew, thanks so much for checking in from Denver. Good to uh, speak with you. Yes, good. Take care. All right. Bye bye now. All right, we'll take a quick time out, get back more of Open Lines to the top of the hour, a rare opportunity. Call in now. My name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back. It is Open Lines. Let me give you the phone numbers. These would come in handy. 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740. And toll free uh, from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. 866-740-4740. We have Wayne in Scarborough. Wayne, good morning. Welcome. Yes, good morning, Richard. Your first guest was very enlightening. I hope you have a chance to have him back sometime. We certainly will do that, yes. What I'd like to touch on quickly, because I know you have some uh, contact there, this Greek financial crisis, it sort of bewilders me. Maybe I don't understand it. (laughs) You're not alone, my friend. I think think everyone from the Prime Minister of Greece uh, to uh, to, uh, Ms. Lagarde at the IMF, (laughs) Uh, everyone is scratching their head. Uh, I mean, I, I've been monitoring this very closely, the mighty Aphrodite and I, for obvious reasons, and it right. just it changes on the hour. Yes, what I want to pinpoint is uh, we know the people voted the referendum, and I believe it was 60%. Said, That's correct. And then the, the deal they've taken now is more punitive on them and punishing than the first deal. Yes, that is a head scratch. I'm wondering, do they, do they have some goods on the prime minister? I mean, uh, you know, um, I'm a bit of a socialist myself. Uh, I know they paint him as a communist. I don't really believe that. No, uh, no, Tsipras is not a... Whole, a, a, a full Cip- spin around now, and uh, it's, it's, that's why I'm so confused. Do you have any input on this? And I could take it off the air if that helps. Well, no, that's, you, can, you can hang in there. Well, just a bit of a background. Uh, Syriza was elected uh, in January on an anti-austerity platform. In other uh-huh. words, they were going to go to Brussels and and put an end to the five years of austerity measures that have crippled the Greek economy. We have unemployment in Greece, around 25%, youth unemployment between 50 and 60%. Uh, GDP has cratered in the last five years. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you were to uh, uh, imagine Greece as a patient, a sick patient, the um, the program coming from the Eurozone and the Troika, as they're called, the European Central Bank uh, and uh, the, um, the Eurozone uh, and the IMF, has been to strangle this dying patient. It's not working. No. So Syriza went to Brussels to, to put an end to this austerity. These were the red lines that they drew. Uh, and as you say, they came back with what they thought was the best deal they could get, but it was uh, more austerity, no haircut on the debt. In other words, they had to pay uh, some 300 billion euros back. 
uh, and the referendum, two-thirds of Greeks voted no. So Syriza returned to Brussels for more talks, and as you just pointed out, they came back with a deal that was was, was even harsher than the previous deal. And now right. we have Tsipras, uh, you know, asking for for Parliament to approve it, and they did. Although uh, about forty members of uh, Syriza's party uh, uh, rebelled and voted against it. Uh, but he had enough coalition partners and opposition members that voted for it. Um, I don't know that, I wouldn't say that Tsipras was blackmailed. I think they basically took him to the uh, the edge of the cliff and he peered into the abyss. Uh, And it's, uh, as Nietzsche once said, if you stare long enough into the abyss, eventually it may stare back at you. The, the, um, the, The prospect of uh, being kicked out of the euro, the eurozone, kicked out of uh, the euro, in other words, having to go back to the drachma, and there is no contingency plan, we're told. Uh, they have no drachmas at the ready. Okay. Uh, so we, we, we would be looking at, at least in the short term, would be a complete, complete economic cataclysm in Greece. Uh, you can imagine the potential for social unrest. Now, yes. So this is, I think, what happened. They they um, they thought that even as bad as this deal is, it's better than being kicked out of the euro. I don't happen to agree. I think yes, there would be some very short-term pain, but there are historical examples. Argentina uh, in 1981, their, right. their peso was pegged to the U.S. dollar, but they accumulated some debt. Um, you know, they had the IMF there negotiating with them, and they decided. Uh, to um, uh, basically to declare bankruptcy, to default. And they unpegged, unhinged the peso to the U.S. dollar, and their economy did. It went into free fall for a short time, runaway inflation. Uh, but within five years, they rebounded. They were an economic miracle. Um, exactly. I think that is the only route out. I think uh, as, as harsh as he has been, the German finance minister, Wolfgang Schäuble, uh, has been the most credible, and he said the only, and he's been talking about this since 2012. Greece has to leave the euro. We'll give them some bridging finance. We'll give them some stabilization funds to help them, but they've got to. They call it the Grexit. Now they're calling it a temporary Grexit for five years. Let's be serious. Once they're out, they're out. They're not going back. Of I, course. I think that's. I think that's the only path forward that makes any sense at this point. Well, you've, you've enlightened me very much, and I forget your guest you had on, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. He really enlightened a lot of things, and this nonsense about Greek people uh, don't work hard and so forth, and this bunch of rubbish just painted to uh, um, put the money grubbers in there that want to bleed them dry, give them an excuse. So That was Greg Pallas. Keep, up the, good, keep uh, up the good work, and uh, we'll keep listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for checking in. Thanks. That was Wayne in Scarborough, I believe. Was it Wayne in Scarborough? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, the other the other thing that's that's happened is we are hearing just it's really it's it's hateful, it's just nasty uh, uh, comments from people in the media. Diane Francis, right here in, in in Toronto, I think has said some horrible things about the Greek people. They are hardworking, as Greg Palace pointed out. On average, the average Greek worker works more hours per week than a German worker. I'm not uh, trying to disparage uh, the Germans, but this, these are the facts. And the number one 
debt transgressor of the 20th century, they have been insolvent three times, is Germany, not Greece. All right, more of your calls, open lines, here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. My name is Richard Serrett. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Open lines till the top of the hour. Let's say hi to Les here in Toronto. Good morning, Les. Hello. Yes, um, I just wanted to tell a story that um, Canadian journalist Gwyn Dyer told a few years ago. It relates to uh, Jade Helm, or at least I think it does. Uh, All right. A story that seems to have been forgotten by the media. Um, he apparently, uh, well, he... he well, he used to like to write stories, uh, military-related stories, and apparently he said that um, he had been talking to a number of top brass uh, in the American Army, and uh, he said that they had, uh, at that time, they were planning for a possible civil war in the United States uh, between Hispanics and uh, other Americans. They said that they believed that sometime, okay, and at the time they were predicting 20 years in the future, that um, that the military would be asked to build a fence along the Mexican-American border um, uh, keep uh, keep um, illegal immigrants out. And they believed that Hispanics in America wouldn't stand for it and a civil war would break out. And recent politics seem to be rather unstable, um, in that regard? Well, it's certainly an issue, illegal, illegal immigration and building a wall uh, on the U.S.-Mexican border, thanks to um, Donald Trump. Yes, it's front and center. I mean, he has made that uh, really the cornerstone of his campaign, and he is really driving the uh, the agenda these days. So this is this is a uh, very prescient. Uh, how many years ago was this that Gwyn Dyer was? Uh, I've been trying to remember, and you know, I can't remember. It's I think it was less than ten years ago. But if you contact Gwyn Dyer, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk about it. Nobody else seems to be talking about it. Right. Well, I remember this interview with him very clearly because I thought it seemed so odd at the time. Uh, they were, you know, they were planning so far ahead in the future, and it somehow the story didn't somehow seem plausible to me at the time. But as events are playing out, um, I suspect that the uh, American Army is worried, and uh, that this uh, recent Jade Helm practice is um, in preparation for uh, such a possible catastrophe. I am sure it's certainly uh, one of the. Um, scenarios that they are they are planning for a, a number of years ago. It's probably about a dozen years ago. I remember reading a um, it was an issue in, in in an edition of the USA Today. Now it was it was maybe on page sixteen. Uh, it was just a little story about an intercepted memo from two U.S. Uh, departments, and I'm not cer- certain which departments those were. Uh, but in the memo. Uh, it was suggested by one of the secretaries or undersecretaries to the other that in the event of some sort of economic meltdown or economic cataclysm, uh, that perhaps some type of SSRI, a secondary serotonin reuptake inhibitor, uh, something like a Prozac, uh, be added to the water supply in order to uh, calm the public. 
And I remember reading it distinctly. And it disappeared, of course. It was never mentioned again. And a number of uh, commentators in the U.S. also mentioned it. So this is a scenario they are certainly mindful of. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's what Jade Helm 15 is about. Uh, but it is curious that they are, of course, uh, one of the, uh, the, the scenarios that they're practicing for or drilling is the apprehension of dissidents. Well, and also um, they're operating, okay, for the first time they're operating in several states at the time, uh, at the same time, and they're all states that border Mexico. Yes. Now, the uh, the rationale that, that we're being given is that the, uh, the southwestern United States, uh, because of the terrain, I guess it most closely approximates the Mideast. Not sure that I, that I buy that. The other troubling thing, Les, of course, is uh, that they are normally in these exercises, they will rename the, uh, the places, the locations that they're drilling or that they're, they're um, maneuvering in. Uh, so as not to, you know, it's a rather unsavory when you start talking about Texas uh, and New Mexico as hostile territory, which is what they're doing. Uh, and these are primarily red states. These are also states that have that have been very active in, in terms of state rights, pushing back against the federal government. So all of these things are a little disquieting to me. Uh, there's also, an, uh, an also a very disturbing angle that might possibly be part of the um, uh, their concerns is the um, it, it's been recently um, revealed um, that the FBI supplied uh, the largest drug gang in uh, in Mexico with uh, with um, with huge amounts of uh, weapons and ammunition purposely well well the, the uh, suspicion is they purposely did this so that one drug gang would win out about, among all of the others. Um, uh, and uh, the, the allegations are that this is uh, to continue um, this covert drug trade um, uh, through Mexico, the, uh, the so-called CIA drug trade. Um, Fast and furious. Um, yes, and, well, and also, too, is that uh, there's this amazing escape uh, by one of the... Uh, uh, leading uh, uh, drug lords uh, from Mexico. El Chapo. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, I kind of wonder now, did the CIA or FBI have something to do with that? Um, um, uh, this, um, okay, it's, you know, it, I mean, it's terrible enough uh, projecting um, or suspecting a possible civil war with Hispanics, but a civil war with factions in the Americans own government. Okay, that's even that's possibly even more disturbing. Well, I found it very interesting that uh, uh, four uh, members of the Supreme Court in the United States uh, issued a statement, and uh, this in in uh, not only with the uh, uh, the gay marriage decision, but also the um, decision regarding the Affordable Health Care Act and others. Uh, and their their comment, because these were the f- four uh, judges in the minority on these decisions, were saying to America, there is trouble coming. They were talking about judicial activism uh, and um, warning about the uh, the increasing power of the the judicial branch. Uh, so there is a lot of a lot of little fires going on down in the United States. It's it is very worrisome. 
this is going to be, an, I think, one of the most remarkable uh, election cycles in memory. Uh, and one of the interesting things about Donald Trump is, yes, he's bold, yes, he's brash, yes, he's very unpresidential. Uh, but because he pays his own way, and he's not beholden uh, to, um, to anybody about himself. He's going to be shooting his mouth off and he is going to, he's going to be playing dirty and he's, there are, there is sort of this unwritten rule, I think, among the, the Republicans and the Democrats because they are essentially the same party, I believe. Uh, not, you know, not to, uh, uh, to go too deep when you're attacking an opponent. Uh, he's not going to play by those rules and, uh, he's going to say things about Hillary Clinton, uh, that are going to be very upsetting <laughs> and the mainstream media uh, you know, they're not, they're not going to be asking those questions about Hillary Clinton. You know, she gets a, a, an easy ride. All the candidates do, really, quite frankly. Uh, but, but Donald Trump, uh, I tell you, don't count this guy out. This is going to be a very, very interesting, uh, election year coming up. All right, uh, let's move along. And, uh, Les, thanks for the call from Toronto. Robert is in South Carolina. Robert, good morning. Welcome. Yeah, hi, this is Robert. And, Glad to listen. I listen to your show quite a bit, and I just want to let you know, first of all, two plugs. One, uh, I'm coming to the exhibition next month. You're Second traveling all, all the way I'm up also, here to see uh, you. I've also all... got tickets to, to the, uh, your conference, so just thought I'd let you know that already. Uh, the Oh, you're coming up to see George Norrie at the Queen Elizabeth uh, Theater. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, well, George will be on the program next week. Great. Well, I'm sure he'll be great Great to hear that. That's not my conference, but uh, I'll, I'll be there as well. All right, how are you listening to us, by the way, Robert? Uh, I'm listening to TuneIn Radio. You're listening to, to uh, on TuneIn Radio? Yep, it's, yeah, it's based in TuneIn. All right, it's not one of the local, it's not a, an affiliate in South Carolina? No, not that. I, well, I use the internet. It's an internet radio, so that's what I use. So, I see. Okay. Uh, it's just as easy for me. It's a great, great connection, and I have no problems with it. So that's Excellent. what I use. All right. Well, we're glad uh, to have you. Well, my question is, uh, I, I've heard that uh, we're supposed to in the last couple of weeks of September, according to a lot of sources, uh, that we might be hit by an asteroid. Has anybody on the show or anybody that uh, you've talked to? Uh, mention that or have that or you know if, uh, you know uh, well discovered anything about we just it. had it we had a, an asteroid swoosh by us uh, today actually yeah. uh, ninety yeah, million heard, yeah, tons of platinum uh, well a lot of people yeah. talking about uh, planet X uh, which oh, yeah. isn't which isn't an asteroid it may be a comet it might be uh, a, a brown dwarf uh, I mean but that 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 rumor has been around for decades however. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that it coincides with the uh, the arrival of the uh, the Shemitah, the mystery of the Shemitah. Of course, uh, uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn has been on the program uh, talking about this. These uh, tumultuous events that seem to happen in seven year cycles, uh, and um, the the arrival of Planet X just in time for the uh, the Shemitah. That's an interesting thing to watch out for. That's probably what you're talking about. Yep, I think that's what it is. You're right. All right. So, well, we should do a show great. on Planet X before too long. Hey, Robert, great to uh, to talk to you. Thanks for checking yep. in from South Carolina. Yep, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you when I come up to Toronto also. Be sure to come and say hi. All right. Thanks. All right, my thanks uh, to Tim Spreen, Albert Vinzel, all of you for listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. As I say, uh, George Norrie will be here and Christina George talking about the dark side of the paranormal. 
be sure to tune in. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.